What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Faded Japan. I am your host, Johnny. And I'm your other host, Jeremy Deschner. That's right. And as you find folks know, Got Faded Japan is about two dudes, booze. Japan and the motherfucking news. That's right. And this is episode number 612. It's one, 612, right? Am I right? 611. Oh, 612, 612. Yeah, 612. It is 612. Six. Our last 12. episode was an amazing one. Six yes, eleven. Go check was. it out. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we all learned a lot. Um, I'm actually a little bit terrified to uh, look outside and look at the stars. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my god, is it an invasion? Maybe. I don't know. It could happen anytime, man. It could. It could. And I'm excited. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Let's just end it. <laughs> the world's crazy. Let's just end it. <laughs> the, thing, you know, the whole thing about portals and and everybody using the same thing and but they don't know each other though that was an interesting show and i recommend everyone go check out 611 as always share share the fucking link tell tell your friends about it share our tiktoks let everybody know where we are and what we're doing here in got faded japan absolutely absolutely yeah no that episode was pretty good um i listened to it like three times just because it was just so much fun to listen to and also the information was just so wild i mean there's like so many different things that we talked about uh ancient aliens future aliens present aliens the alien agenda all that stuff i mean it was pretty amazing i mean we even talked about bigfoot a little bit in there and uh, we are going to talk about bigfoot in the future because we do have plans to have a uh, bigfoot specialist on the show and i'm just gonna leave that out there think about it do your googles google Bigfoot, uh, I guess, investigative research professionals, and you might find out who we are going to interview on the show probably in the next month or so. Fantastic. I can't wait for that episode, man. I love the supernatural stuff. I am not a big believer myself, but I have an open mind, and I'll listen to other people's stories. No problem. Yeah, totally, totally. I like to believe. I think it's fun. I love to believe. Why not? <laughs> Why not believe? Yeah. It's a crazy world, man. If you would have gone back in time and told yourself that there's going to be a pandemic that was going to kill millions of people coming from a country that uh, shall not be named because uh, <laughs> we don't want to name it. And um, yeah, uh, you would not believe yourself. You'd be like, all right, first off, you're not me. And uh, second off, uh, that's not going to happen. That's ridiculous. A pandemic happening in 2020. Go fuck yourself. But no, it happened. So if I can, and, and uh, right now, like, I mean, every government is pretty much like acknowledged that UFOs do exist. There's footage, the Pentagon's like, yeah, they're out there. I mean, if you had gone back like 10 years in time and told yourself back then that this is happening, you would go tell yourself to go fuck yourself again too. So pretty much like, yeah, anything can happen at this point. Anything can happen. You're 100% you're correct. I mean, we, I mean, 
we have we have reports from several governments that say that UFOs are real. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're little men from outer space. They could be from other dimensions, like John mentioned, or it could be people from under the water. You know, we have not explored the oceans as much as we've explored space. There are lots of possibilities, folks. So we just keep our mind open. Um, we listen. We read. We search. We, um, you know, just try to try to falsify information. You know, go in there and look at look up things yourself, and you know, find out where those beliefs come from and um, if you should follow them or not. It's up to you. Each individual has his own right to choose. That's right. It's your body. You do with it whatever you want. <laughs> oh, man, just don't hurt anybody. Oh, man. But you know what? I mean, things get really crazy, man. I kind of want to do what you did and uh, what a couple of my other friends in Tokyo did and just get the hell out of Dodge, man. Just leave yeah. Tokyo, buy someplace somewhere out in the boondogs and stuff. I mean, in this day and age, you can work pretty much anywhere. You can work from the moon as long as you got a computer and reliable Wi-Fi because, I mean, dude, everybody's working remotely anyway. I mean, shit. If I didn't have to go to the supermarket, I probably wouldn't leave my house ever. <laughs> no, I, I totally get where you're coming from, man. I mean, that's one of the things that me and the wife decided, Mrs. Deschner. We decided that um, we could have a bigger house. We could be closer to the family. We could, you know, get out and be close to the beach and do all the shit that we like. And we can work from anywhere. We can have a Tokyo job and work and work from anywhere in, in the world or in the country. Yep, that's true. That's true. And right now, there's a lot of incentive to move out of Tokyo, out of the urban areas of Japan, in fact. And um, actually, I found this recently. <clears throat> this is from Insider.com, and I'm just going to very quickly read this article. It's very short. Japan is trying to lure people into rural areas by selling $500 homes. Fuck you, Detroit. $500 nice Tokyo or Tokyo Japanese homes. Yeah, dude, you got to come here. Don't go to Detroit and buy one of those $1 homes in the middle of fucking, uh, uh, I would say, uh, war zone. <laughs> a $500 home. Alley. Oh, yeah. $500 homes in Japan are like awesome Japanese homes. They're spacious. They're big. They're surrounded by mountains. They are beautiful. I've been researching this stuff, and it's it's a marvelous, marvelous. It's a great idea. 500 bucks. Um, <clears throat> continuing, but it's not enough to fix the country's ghost town problem. Yes, Japan has a huge ghost town problem, which I think is a ghost town solution because I want to buy a ghost town in Japan. While the U.S. faces a shortage of homes, Japan is expecting an altogether different issue. There's a glut of unoccupied homes throughout the country's rural areas. Japan's housing and land survey conducted every five years logged a record high of 8.49 million Akia in 2018. Akia means abandoned homes. These abandoned houses have created ghost villages in Japan's rural prefectures where homes can neither be filled nor knocked down. Thank God. In some areas, nearly one out of every five homes is empty. The government is offering incentives like $500 homes and tax breaks to entice residents to move from urban centers into rural areas like Wakayama. Beautiful Wakayama. But cheap housing may not be enough to bridge the cultural divide and the bureaucratic difficulties that moving to a small town create. You know what? I disagree. I think going to a small town would be absolutely fantastic right now. I mean, even if you have like maybe just like a summer home out there or something or a winter home somewhere, you know, I think that would be absolutely fantastic. And you know what? I've been living in Tokyo for oh, in November, November 4th, no, November 6th, no, November 4th, 
it's going to be my 20 year anniversary of living in Japan. Can you believe it? And um, after 20 years of living in Tokyo, why not move to the countryside, at least for maybe a year or a couple of years or something like that? Because A, the countryside of Japan is absolutely gorgeous. You go up north to Niigata, it is so beautiful. You go down to Izu, it is, it's, it's stunning how beautiful it is. The people are cool. It's more laid back. Everything's cheaper, including the houses. And uh, yeah, you can work from home in this day and age. So why not? Why not make the move? Why not make the jump? Jeremy did it. I've got a couple of friends that did it and they are loving life. Jeremy, thoughts? Well, I totally agree with you, man. Like I mentioned earlier, you can come out to the a uh, little bit outside of the Tokyo area, and you can get a larger home. I, uh, a it's a house that you would probably have in in Detroit, in 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 any big city in in the United States. You know, you can get the same size. Whereas if you're living in Tokyo, you have to put that into perspective. That's like living in Manhattan, where apartments are tiny and ex inexpensive. Yeah. You know, but you're yep. you're paying for the convenience of living in in that area. But like Johnny said, if you move out, you're surrounded by mountains, greenery, beautiful rivers. Fuck it, man. We live on an island. You could be two steps away from the beach like I am, and you could enjoy surfing in the morning and then log on to your computer and, and go to a board meeting in the afternoon. You know, that kind of life. You can you can actually do that here in Japan. And um, the, the rule the, the rule that $500 houses is, is, is not uncommon. There are places out there that will give you free houses if you'll just move. I think you have to make a guarantee that you'll stick around two years and they'll give you a, they'll give you free rent for that entire time as long as you live out there. And it's not difficult these days. Lots of people had trouble 20, 25 years ago moving to Japan because there was a language barrier. Nothing was in English and everything was complicated. There was a little bit of racism, but you're not really seeing that these days. That's kind of gone by the wayside and people are more welcoming. And, and ever since I moved to Fukuoka, I mean, aside from people calling me fat all the time, <laughs> yeah, I got, I actually had some really nice people around me and, you know, they're very welcoming and very, very, you know, inviting. Uh, my neighbor who lives upstairs so she's like an 80 year old woman Her her husband passed away a few years ago. And every once in a while, she'll just come down and ring my doorbell and bring me, like, oranges or something. She's really sweet and really kind, and she just wants to talk to somebody. Nice. And I, of course, invite her in, and we sit down, and we have, like, a little a little discussion, have some tea, and she talks to me and my wife for 15 minutes, and then she goes home, and she's happy, you know. And that's the kind of lovely experience that you'll have if you move out to the countryside here in Japan. But on the dark Tokyo. side, on the dark side of that, Johnny, hmm. the abandoned houses... Those are those are kind of a problem too because they they have rats they have uh, they could potentially have squatters they they have ghosts they might have bigfoots depending on what kind of portal is is popping up in that place <laughs> so all true what do you think what do you think man um you know what I like a good old fixer upper I mean we've all seen the money the the movie the money pit right and. Right. Uh, yeah, dude, why not buy a big, nice house? That's a fixer-upper. I mean, you are going to have issues with an older house out in the countryside. But you know what? Fixing that up is going to be a lot cheaper than buying a house in the countryside. That's brand new, right? You buy an older house, you fix it up a little bit. It's going to cost you a pretty penny. But the thing is, after about like six months or a year, you're going to have a nice house, dude. And when your friends 
from your home country or your hometown or from wherever come on to visit you, you're, they're going to be jealous. You're going to be like, what? You own this here with this beautiful view? And you're like, how far from the beach? Five minutes? Man, you made the right choice. And the thing is, though, dude, anything you want is on Amazon or Recton or whatever. Dude, all you got to do is just type it in and click. And if you want to get like a new job, a new fucking like a digital nomad job, you could do that because there's so many jobs in Gaijin Pot right now that are all designed just for you to stay in your apartment in Tokyo, which you don't have to be in Tokyo for. So why not do that? I, dude, I think we're just selling this. We should basically get paid for this. <laughs> we need a new sponsor. Let's see. We need somebody from like Nigata, like the mayor of Nigata to give us money for this. We'll tell everybody no kidding. for Nigata. And and you know as the vaccine as the vaccines are rolling out and I hundred percent agree you should one hundred percent get a vaccine get vaccinated folks um, as that is rolling out here in Japan it's not so much as you have to stay home anymore but staying home is still an option so because they don't want to go back to the old way of doing things where the trains are packed and everyone has to cram into an office from nine a.m. to nine p.m. you know they want to have their their workforce spread out so in case of an infectious disease hits. It doesn't take out the entire workforce because let's say 50% are in the office and 50% are at home. You wouldn't lose your entire workforce in that with that kind of strategy, right? Mm -hmm. But with that kind of thing happening here in Japan, it's getting a little bit more, more easy. Like, for example, Tokyo is getting hit with like all these restrictions. Like you can't drink beer after 8 o'clock. You have to go home. You can't go out to a restaurant after 8 o'clock. You can't have more than 5,000 people in a, in a sporting venue. Those kind of things hit Tokyo in major cities like Osaka. Um, they're now starting to hit Fukuoka, but they didn't for a long time. Um, for a long time, Fukuoka didn't have any of those kind of restrictions. So we were just living a normal life out here for a while. Now it's a different story because uh, the infection spread because of the Olympics. But before that, yeah, we were we were all you know just having a normal life out here, kind of like the the Texas of Japan, if you will, if you will. The Texas of Japan. <laughs> Less douchey though. <laughs> no, Texas is awesome, dude. I hear only great things about Austin. The, the comedy scene, Austin the art is great. scene, the music uh, yeah. scene. It's fantastic, yeah. man. I would love to go to Austin. Oh my gosh. All our faders out there that are living that are living in Austin, be prepared. Johnny's showing up eventually. <laughs> Please. Head out to Franklin's barbecue and try that, man. That place is fantastic. Which part of Texas are you from? Are you from Austin? I'm from Dallas. From no, Dallas. I've been to Austin a million I've been to Austin a million times. Ever since Austin's been around. It's always been a party town, and if you love music, you go there for the rock and roll. That that place you can just walk around out there, and you, and and like ZZ Top would show up at a bar and just start playing, you know, or or, or Stevie Ray Vaughan would just show up and start playing. And it's amazing. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, amazing shit okay. happens down in Austin on Sixth Street, Guadalupe. All right, that's awesome. I got to make it out there. I got to make it out there. So uh, all you guys out there in Texas, be warned. Johnny's on his way. Johnny's coming. <laughs> man but before that i'm gonna buy a house somewhere i'm thinking nigata i like nigata it's just so clean out there and it's so beautiful you've got mountains in every direction and oh another thing about nigata their nihonshu is so delicious they got some of the best nihonshu in japan oh my god oh nihonshu. it really is it really is it's it's all that clean mountain water that does it yeah that's right here but uh, where you're living, you've got that shochu over there. Oh, my God. If I was, like, living near Fukuoka, I'd be a raging alcoholic. Oh, my God. The shochu. Yeah. I hear that the shochu that you can get in Fukuoka, you can't get in other parts of Japan. They've got limited amounts of, like, specialty, like, sh shochu that's only for the Fukuoka area. Is that true? 
It is true. And when you come uh, down here, we're going to take you to one of those places where they brew it, where they where they actually make the, the shochu down here. Uh, the wife has been looking up places to take you and your wife uh, when you guys come down for a visit. Buying ticket now. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you got a sofa or two. Oh, we got a couple sofas. We got we got extra we got extra space here, man. It's not like Tokyo. Our house is pretty big. Oh my god! You know when people come over to visit my place, I have to stay in the bathtub. Like that yeah, sucks. It's good. I got a couple of pillows in there. I can kind of put a futon kind of in the side of there. You can kind of like burrow your way in there. Yeah, it's just kind of comfy. <laughs> That's just another reason why you got to leave Tokyo, man. Move out. And actually, I was doing a little bit more research on this a couple of days ago, and I found some ghost towns that you can either visit or move to or possibly even buy the whole ghost town. Uh, one, of course, is like one of the most famous ghost towns. It's the one in was it the Hashima Island. It's called, what's it? Oh, yeah. Gukajima. Gukajima. And that one there is like this island that used to be a coal mining island. And it was like booming for like, I think like 10, 15 years. And there's like 30,000 people that lived on this island. And then yeah. almost like within like a month, everybody just left this island. And it's like this amazingly cool, like almost like a steampunk-esque ghost town you know because they got still like a lot of like old stuff from like the 70s and 80s are there like old tvs and like old like vcrs like the old kinds that the japanese had and stuff in the 70s and like just like machinery that's just stuck out there and stuff it's kind of cool it kind of does look like detroit now that i think about it yeah it kind of looks like any kind of dystopian movie you ever watched where they're walking through uh, uh an apocalypse area it looks like that because like the buildings are kind of crumbling and stuff like that. And you can actually take tours to go there now. I think you hop a ferry and you go over there. But yeah, like you said, it was alive and kicking in the 70s and 80s. Yep. And then all of a sudden that company went bankrupt. And then everyone just like did a, did a, did a runner and just left the place as is. And it's just like sitting out on this rock, you know, in the middle of the ocean. It's really so it's cool. very, very very cool kind of creepy a little bit creepy as well of course there's ghost stories and shit from from out there you can look around and find those and, and stuff like that there's also i think i've seen abandoned amusement parks here in japan too like an old west style mm -hmm. amusement park where they've got like the animatronics that are still just like sitting out there but kind of decaying so like it looks like a robot apocalypse hit like uh, some town and then like some of the robots just like stop moving in the street and stuff like that but they're all dressed yeah. in like old west uh, close. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Actually, a lot of those things are abandoned because of the uh, the bubble. And like the the nineties, the eighties and nineties, when Japan had its huge economic bubble, like corporations was just buying land and building up and stuff, like huge mega hotels and big resorts, and uh, of course, like game centers or whatnot and stuff. I mean, they're just building shit up all over the place in the countryside. But as soon as the bubble popped, you know, I mean, all that money just went away. And then, you know, people stopped going on these like very, um, I guess, uh, financially crippling vacations. <laughs> Correct. They stopped going all the way to the outskirts and these places just were just left there. And if you go to a lot of these places, some of the rooms and some of the hotels are just like, it's like the shining. You walk in there and everything is like, just set in place from that time period, but there's no people. It's just like the Hotel in the Shining. Yeah. Um, some cases, like we, what you mentioned, when the bubble popped, um, it was cheaper for them just to leave everything out there where it is instead instead of moving it. So they just left everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've got like old, old TV sets that are built into cabinets and stuff like that and old furniture and VCRs and, you know, it looks like a, looks like a fucking museum almost. Oh, my God. Dude. Faders, Google this guy, Ben Beach. 
Ben Beach is a guy that lives in Tokyo and his kind of stick, what he does is he goes out to the countryside and he finds all these old places and he's a photographer and he just, he's got, takes tons of photos and these photos are just so amazing. And he just goes out there and takes photos and comes back, develops a film because he actually uses film and stuff. And um, yeah, he has art shows every so often in the, was it, the Koenji area. And if you go out there, man, oh my God, it's amazing to see his photos. Actually, let me see if I can find his web. No, 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 no. I'm going to find his website. And I'm going to put it in the show notes. It is really cool. I mean, so you can experience kind of like what we're talking about from his photos. And um, yeah, I, I think that's really cool. I love that kind of stuff. You know, when I was like younger, when I was like going to raves and like fucking the finance, not financial, the industrial park area of like Detroit by the Packer plant and stuff, you know, I would do all sorts of like urban exploring when I was a kid. And thank God I didn't get shot, murdered, kidnapped, mm. or fucking just fell through the floor of some fucking warehouse and shit. Because fucking when I was a little kid, dude, we did all sorts of stupid shit. We just like, I mean, the Packer plant is like a little city, right? And fucking, we just go there and just like walk around and stuff and find all sorts of weird stuff or whatever. I mean, when I was there, there was like, like in the nineties, there were so many abandoned factories. In the late nineties, they, they tore a lot of that shit down, you know? And now it's just like kind of like a big, huge like fields or I guess like urban farms that took over and stuff. But uh, yeah, when I was a kid, that's exactly what I did. Now I'm too old to do that shit. <laughs> Yeah, nowadays the countryside. <laughs> nowadays, what we do is we think about like, oh, what if we step on a nail? We got to go get a tetanus shot, or oh, yeah. you know, if, if we're out in the middle of nowhere and our car runs out of gas. When you're a kid, though, man, that shit doesn't even enter your mind, bro. When you're a kid, you're just like, let's go, let's do it, let's have an adventure. Oh yeah, it's part of the adventure, man. Oh god, staying up all night. I mean, the only time we would go home is when the sun started coming up, like the sun or the cops came. You know, we're just like, ah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much fun when I was a kid. There was a uh, an abandoned, kind of like an abandoned ghost town city. It was called Northville or North Point or something. I forget. I mean, this is like so many years ago, but it's like a mental institution, little town or whatever that was... Um, basically like building after building after building of just like these old, like, like mental hospital, like uh, buildings or whatever. And Oh my God, it was so creepy to go there. Oh my gosh. I, I think I went there once, but I had friends that would go there every so often and stuff. And um, probably now that all that shit's torn down. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, do that at your own leisure and uh, take caution because it's probably illegal faders. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Um, those kind of things are, are what you see on those ghost shows. You know those stupid shows that they have where the guys are walking around with, with night vision cameras and stuff mm -hmm. and yelling into the dark? They always go to those old mental institutions that you're talking about and look for ghosts in there. Heck, if that if that's going to be um, a thing, I, I guess that's where you'd, you'd find the most ghosts, right? Mental institutions? That are prisons. Probably, right? I mean, you have to consider that if, if um, what they say about ghosts and hauntings is true, any place that had a lot of emotion or a lot of like uh, traumatic events happening, I imagine those those would be the two kind of places where the most kind of traumatic shit happens. I don't know. That are hotels. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Hotels, mental, mental institutions. Actually, any hospital. Hospitals, hotels. Uh, of mental course, institutions. Mm -hmm. Orphanages. Orphanages, yeah, possibly, especially very, yeah, very some bad old shit happens at orphanages, man. Let me tell you, mm, I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean supposedly is haunted. Oh, and Disney, <laughs> yeah, Disney, the entire Disney there. park, <laughs> yeah, huh? the entire Disney park is supposed to be haunted. 
Shit, I got somebody at my door. Are you at Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! Yo, what's up, faders? It's your boy, Johnny. I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states. And in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each and they're worth so much more. These, are, these, these paintings are absolutely incredible. You're gonna love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool, that's cool. Johnny still has love for you. But check out the Spilled Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct link to the Spilled Inks Etsy shop. Go there, shop away, support the show because we love you and we love art too. So faders, without further ado, enjoy the show. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right, over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need. And of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five minute walk from the station. It's your liquor. And we are back. Oh man, fitters. So, okay, I want to name a couple of other ghost towns that are very popular in Japan. Um, let's see here. There's the Shira Iwa village, the Daharama village, the Sono village, and the Ikeshima village. All of these are ghost towns where you can buy multiple houses for super cheap. Or you can go there, take photos, and just enjoy yourself. I'm going to put this in the show notes. You can Google it and enjoy it. it it's cool, man. It's cool to go to this, the countryside and just kind of see, like, how Japan is outside of Tokyo. And uh, going to our original point, yes, definitely. If you're living in Japan or if you're thinking about coming to Japan, stay in Tokyo for a little bit. But actually consider moving out to the countryside and stuff. I mean, over there, it's like a completely different world. And it's a lot of fun. And having a huge house where you can do pretty much anything and everything you want. That is awesome because one thing about Tokyo that is a disadvantage is a lot of times people like to call the police for noise complaints. And when I say noise complaints, that's just like 
talking too loud with the window open, or maybe having the TV up just a little bit too loud, which really isn't that big of a problem, but a lot of people just like to complain. Not everybody, but some people do. And so the last thing you want is the cops knocking on your door just to tell you to turn it down. I mean, mom and dad coming over telling you to turn down the music sucks. So uh, that does not happen in the countryside. In fact, if you buy a house in the countryside, you can have a raging barbecue fucking party with all your friends there every single day of the week. And who's going to complain? <laughs> I don't think the ghost will. Boom. Mic drop. Move out. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the problem that you see with the people living on top of each other, like in Tokyo, is like literally there's like a cigarette pack worth of space between apartment buildings. So you can rip a fart in your apartment and the guy next door can smell it in two seconds, right? It's that close to each other. It's mm -hmm. that close to each other. And the walls are paper thin. So during the 90s and the, and the late 80s, I guess the construction um, code was not up to what it is today. And a lot of the apartments that you'll get in Japan, the walls are paper thin, man. It leaves nothing to the imagination when you live next to some, some people. Yep, that's true. That's definitely true. You know what? I think that I think the government should give us money for everybody that listens to this podcast and buys a house in the countryside. We should at least get a cut, like at least like 50 bucks. No kidding, right? With 50 bucks per person. Oh, my God. I buy I spend it all on booze. It's like recycling yeah. money. Like, oh, thanks for the money. I'm just going to give it to this guy over here. Boom. <laughs> they could just, just save booze. up. And, they could just give us booze. Save up like, and buy more houses. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or I'll buy a house. If somebody buys a house, we should get a free house, too. Oh, my God. I would love to have two houses. Oh, my God. I'd have the party house where every room is going to be like a different kind of arcade. And then I'd have the house that I live in. Oh, my God. Or if you have a big enough house, you could do all that together. Why not? Shit, man. Time to move. <laughs> You're thinking about buying a house? It's not that difficult nowadays. They're uh -huh. basically just giving away money today. These days, it loans and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty easy to do that here. So, yeah, I don't know. We're thinking about it. I mean, that is definitely that's definitely an option. Um, I don't know. The, the question is where? I mean, there's so many amazing places in Japan. I mean, there's so many beautiful, beautiful places, too. I mean, like I said, Izu is absolutely gorgeous. The people are fantastic. Niigata is just oh, it's just beautiful. It's magical up there. And then if you go west and stuff, there's so many wonderful places on west. Oh, man. Okay. All right. We, we got to talk about the news. We got to stop this baloney and talk about the news or I'm going to buy a house right now. $500. I think I can borrow that money from somebody. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Are you a beach guy or, or, or a winter guy? Because that's the difference between Izu and, and Niigata. Niigata has great skiing. Izu has great beaches. God, you know... I think that Nihonshu might be the breaker, dude. I think the Nihonshu, Niigata's got like the best Nihonshu. And Japanese Nihonshu means sake. It's got the best Nihonshu in like Japan. So that might be it, you know? I mean, could you imagine? I mean, that is my ocean up there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Nigata does have an ocean, but it's a lot colder than Izu. That's for sure. But Izu's Oh, yeah. Really in cool the wintertime, it, it snows and... and I ain't joking. That's a good place to ski. And you can go scuba diving and then take a train, a bullet train, and go skiing in the same day. <laughs> That's definitely true. God bless yeah. Japan. I love this place. I love this place. All right, man. Well, faders, I think it's time we break into the news. We're going to take another little break, get our news together. And uh, yeah, so 
go on to the kitchen or wherever, pour yourself another stiff drink, and we'll see you in a couple of minutes. Peace. In Tokyo and craving soul food, we've got just the place for you. Soul Food House in Azabujuban. Check out what we do at soulfoodhouse.com. Come by and taste the love. We look forward to feeding you. If you're going to get your fit on, you got to get your fit on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade. And I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade. Badass Palmade. And let me tell you one thing. Comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your fade on in style. Papa. Hey, yo, what's up, baiters? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper. And we are back with the news. Jeremy, we've got a lot of exciting news happening. And um, I think you've got a pretty interesting story that I would like you to read first, if you don't mind. I do not mind. This is a really good one. Well, good in a in the sense that it didn't happen to any of us or any of our listeners, hopefully. So the first story starts off with two dead and four injured after a taxi veers onto sidewalk in Tokyo. Woo! In Tokyo, a 73-year-old woman was killed and four others were injured, including a child, on Saturday when a taxi accelerated suddenly and mounted a central Tokyo sidewalk while the taxi driver also later died. Uh, The woman, uh, Kumiko Kobayashi, was struck and killed while walking on the sidewalk in the capital Chiyoda Ward around 4.20 p.m., uh, Hitoshi Yamamoto, the 64-year-old taxi driver, was critically was in critical condition after the accident and died in the hospital, the police said on Sunday. Police believe that the accident might have been triggered by a sudden health problem experienced by the driver uh, as an emergency signal in Yamamoto's vehicle was activated. The taxi struck two other people riding bicycles, a man in his 40s and, a, and his 9-year-old daughter, oh, uh, while driving onto the sidewalk and and then hitting Kobayashi and another woman in her 60s. The, a passenger in the taxi in his 30s also sustained some serious injuries, the police said. Police said the taxi stopped at a red light and did not move when the traffic signal turned green. And then it suddenly lurched forward and the driver of the vehicle behind the wheel blew the horn. It came to a stop after crashing into a tree and on the sidewalk 
without any sign of the brakes have ever, having ever been applied. Uh, a witness is quoted by police as saying that Yamamoto seemed to be slumped over forward in his seat before the car moved forward uh, through the traffic lights. Wow, so apparently he had some medical issue and he was still fucking driving, man. That guy was, what, 60... What did I say he was? Uh, and still driving. And uh, apparently had a heart attack or some kind of stroke or something and boom, took off. I guess that's a risk you take, man, but who expects to get hit by a car while you're walking on the sidewalk? It's a city, man. Just another reason why you got to move to the countryside. Jesus Louises. That is scary, man. And then I feel sorry for the 40-year-old man and his 9-year-old daughter. They were just riding their bike. Holy shit. Oh, God, that's terrible. Yeah, man. Jeez. 64 years old. When's retirement in Japan? Is it 65 now? I think he was just one year away. Yeah, he's too old for this shit. That happens in police movies, man. They always say, like, I'm one day from retirement. And then something happens to him, they get shot. And then you got to have that camera panning back and I going, no, in the rain. Why is this part of the weapon, man? Yeah. <laughs> too old for this shit. Oh, man. Come on, Riggs. Break his neck. <laughs> Don't say anything racist. But yeah. you're oh, no. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next story: Man arrested for stealing women's underwear from laundry. Oh my gosh, dude! Underwear is pretty cheap, man. If you go to Uniqlo, you could buy underwear for like three hundred to five hundred yen, like three five bucks, dude. It's super cheap these days. This story took place in Oita Police in uh, Beipu. Never heard of this city. Police in Beipu. It's close to where I live, Beipu. Yeah, Beipu. It's wow, in Fukuoka. Okay. Yeah. All right. Police in Beppu, Oita Prefecture, have arrested a 56-year-old man in suspicion of stealing women's underwear from a laundry. According to police, Tetsuo Yurata of No Fix Occupation has admitted to stealing six items of underwear belonging to a university student at around 11 p.m. on August 24th from a coin laundry, Fuji TV reported. Police said a search of Yurata's home turned up 730 items of women's underwear, which he has admitted to stealing. Police said Oreta was identified through surveillance camera footage. Now, the thing is, though, at first I was just like, okay, so this guy is stealing women's underwear. Maybe, maybe he's, you know, he's, um, uh, a transgender and maybe he just he's too embarrassed to like go on and buy women's underwear at first that's what i thought because it's like six maybe six items maybe he's doing stealing one for every single day of the week but he was just one day off until i read that like last sentence where it says police said the search of his home turned up 730 items of women's underwear 730 items that's through 730 pairs of panties now if every pair of panty costs 1000 yen 10 bucks that's a lot of money dude fucking people i mean that's crazy that's absolutely great 730 now i've got maybe i would say maybe 12 pairs of underwear and uh i guess maybe like 15 pairs of socks and that basically takes up all my space in my top dresser drawer yeah, and if you think about it, those are just fart filters, man. He's stealing old fart filters and uh, taking them home with him. That, that's pretty fucked up. Uh, another thing I want to point out here, you mentioned you never heard of Beppu. So Beppu is in Oeda Prefecture, and it actually has a place in Beppu that is called Hell on Earth. Nice. And it's got all of the, yeah, it's got all of these really wicked onsens. And if you go over there, there's just like all these like super 
dark blue water onsens with white smoke billowing off of them and they've got like different ones you know of different different uh chemical or chemical makeups you know different elements in them and wow. uh you look it up sometime it's called hell on earth in japan and it's in beppu beppu holy smokes hell on earth actually that sounds like blue heaven on earth like that belinda carlisle song <laughs> <laughs> Blue heaven is a place on earth. Blue heaven is a place on earth. Yeah, dude, I want to go there. Yeah. No smoke on the water. <laughs> yeah, smoke on the water. Smoke All right, on so the water. Let's, let's hop into this next story. Let's hop mm-hmm. into this. Man, steal, man arrested for stealing a gun from police in the Koban. A Koban is a police box. A little wow. tiny police box. Police in Kochi City. Uh, Kochi Prefecture have arrested a 41-year-old unemployed man on suspicion of attempted robbery as he tried to steal a police officer's gun from a Koban, a police box. According to police, Takuya Ono, or Uno, <laughs> if you Uno. play that card game. So, so Taku, Takuya Ono came into a police box on uh, on Tuesday at 5.50 p.m., the Sankei Shimbun reported. There was no one in, at the counter, so he went into the back office where uh, he ran into an officer. Uno pointed a knife uh, with a 16 millimeter blade, a 16 yeah centimeter blade, at the 44 44 year old sergeant who works in the community police affairs division. Uno threatened the officer and told him to remove his gun and attempted to steal the, the firearm. The police officer, who was alone in the Koban at the time, managed to convince Uno to put down the knife. This is not the gun you're looking for. It's a Jedi mind trick. The police quoted uh, Ono as saying he didn't really want to uh, to steal a gun. So there, that was a rough day for Ono-san, I guess. <laughs> so did he say that afterwards just so he didn't get as many, I guess, uh, crimes filed against him? Because, I mean, stealing a cop's gun is a felony. I know that for a fact. <laughs> but also, yeah. so is threatening a cop with a 16-centimeter blade. So he's like, okay, so one is about 10 years, and the other one's about 15 years. So uh, I'm going to go with one and not the other. You think so? Yeah. I think Ono's going away to jail for a long, long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A long time. Why That's did he another Star it? Wars reference. What? Yeah. Uh, he's because he he's unemployed, man, and people are unemployed, and maybe he didn't have any money to pay his rent. So instead of paying your rent, why don't you get free rent by going to prison? I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> that's a horrible idea. Do not do that, faders. Do not go to prison because you cannot pay rent. Yes, yes, and there is no beer in Japanese prison. There's no hooch. You can't get your hooch on, man. And the thing no. is, though, you can get a shitty job anywhere in Japan. You, you can get a shitty job. Or or you can just get a job that where they'll hire anybody. For example, let's see, like McDonald's. You can get a job at McDonald's. Burger King. Get a job at Burger King. I think Taco Bell actually has standards from what I understand. But McDonald's, you can get a job. You get paid like, what, 15 bucks an hour, 1,500 yen and stuff. You could get a bottle of one cup. You could get yourself an iPhone. Yeah, I mean, that's better than prison. Much better than prison. Japanese prison. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Don't. Plus, you can get chicken nuggets. Chicken Everybody nuggets are good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who doesn't like the barbecue sauce? Oh, that stuff is good. It's the best. It's the oh, best. man. Or hot sauce, dude. There's no spicy <gasps> hot sauce in prison. Now you're speaking my language. Oh, my God. You just picked up some hot sauce recently, didn't you? I did. I got the old uh, scotch bonnet. I got some uh, 
habanero sauce. Some it's amazing. The Scotch bonnet one is is kind of hot, uh, but more like a a nice flavor, like a fruity flavor. Mm. But it's not like knock your socks off hot. Now the habanero sauce, on the other hand, is knock your socks off hot. You have to come down here and try them when you get when you come over, Johnny. I'd love to. How many Scopels is it? Uh, I think it's in the in the the Scotch bonnets probably in the hundred thousand, and then the oh. habaneros in the hundred and fifty thousand. Hundred and fifty thousand. See, I like my Blair's after death sauce, which is about fifty thousand Scovilles, and yeah. I enjoy that burn. That's a pleasurable burn. That's that's the kind that's of burn one. that you like. It's not like the burn on your pee pee. It's it's a good burn in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, and never and never shall the two meet. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, <laughs> maybe in Bangkok, but uh, oh. oh man. I tell you what though, but I love that Blair stuff. That's that Blair stuff is yeah. That's my go to sauce. It is. Yeah, I like oh, I like Blair's. That's great. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I've been rewatching some old uh, what's called hot ones recently, and oh man, dude! After watching a couple of those, I'm just like writing down the names of these bottles. I'm like, okay, so what's this one called? This one's called the Funky Okay, so spicy. So I'm getting a list, and I think I'm just gonna go to the other website. What's it called? The Hotness.com. Heatness the or heat heatness. heatness? Yeah, something like that. The heatness, the hotness. Yeah, it's probably the heatness. The heatness.com. I'm gonna go there and I'm just gonna buy like maybe six bottles, dude. Oh my gosh. Hey, you know, hmm. you know that guy Sean Evans, the the host of Hot Ones. Yeah. That guy is yeah. fucking hard to get in contact with. As you know, for this show, we have to try to reach out to celebrities all the time, and we try to choose just different celebrities we want to reach out to. Reaching out to that guy to try to get him on on our show is fucking difficult man that guy is represented up the yin yang man he's got he's got like the same agent as sharon as, as like uh sharon, sharon stone in in like uh you know major major stars and i i reached out to him and sometimes you know they're really when they get back to you other times they just blow you off but my point is that guy fucking blew up and the reason he did it was why you know the reason why he blew up yeah brooke kreischer <laughs> right Bert Kreischer was a, Bert Kreischer. A, a, yeah, he was a fan of their show, yeah. and um, he helped them to blow up. Hey, Bert, what about us, you motherfucker? No, Bert's not a motherfucker. We love Bert. You Kreischer. don't know his mother might be very attractive, and they might have a strange relationship. <laughs> possibly, possibly, he'd like that joke. We don't judge. Yeah, no, I should probably drop him an email and try to get him yeah. back on the show and then try to get Sean on the show because that would be fucking awesome. If we could get them both on the show together, that would be great. Oh. And the one thing about Hot Ones, if I was ever on Hot Ones, you know what I would do? I would do it backwards. Yeah. I'm like, all right, Sean, you know what? You've never gone on backwards. You've never done it backwards. I'm an artist, man. That's how I think. I'm like, let's start off with the spicy one first and then work our way down to easy. He's going to be like, that's a bad idea. And I'm going to say, I know, let's do it. <laughs> ah, that's a good, that's a good prog- uh, plan, man. You got to try it. Oh, hell yeah. Well, yeah. I probably have the first one. I'm like, oh my God, how many Scovilles is this? He's like about 5 million. I'm like, ah, it's burning through me, burning through me. Oh man. Yeah, dude. Oh gosh. That that hot sauce that they have, those hot sauces are absolutely no joke, dude. They go up yeah, to I have a million. Yeah, oh, I have gosh. a couple of them. What's yeah. the hottest? Uh, oh, please. Oh, I was going to say the hottest one I've ever tried was, yeah. was the bomb. The bomb was a fi- that that's just gross. The thing about the bomb is it's hot for hot reason. It does not taste good at all. It's got a metallic taste to it. Ew! It's like blood. grown grown in a laboratory kind of pepper hot sauce. It's a it's really horrible. 
Now, what you're looking for when you're looking for a good hot sauce that you can enjoy is not only just heat. Heat's awesome, but also flavor. You care about flavor. You care about flavor. Absolutely. That's why I like the Blair's. The Blair's is Blair's so is good. enjoyable. It's so enjoyable. You, you, I mean, it, it's got that kick, but it's a kick that I like, you know? One, my favorite one is the one they used to have on there called Zombie Apocalypse. That one has a nice garlicky, uh, like a fruity, nice flavor, but it's also hot as fuck. Nice, nice. How many school bills is that? Uh, I don't know right off the top of my head, but I'm going to say it's probably around 80,000, 90,000. Damn, damn. And Faders, it's, it's spicy, bro. It's it's not it's not a joke at all. Yeah. No joke. Yeah, Faders, if you didn't know, okay, just to gauge how hot something is, they use Scovilles, right? And just so you know how hot like Tabasco is, Tabasco is about 6,000 Scoville, right? So anything above that is going to be more spicy than Tabasco sauce, right? And I think Tabasco sauce is the great is the best way to gauge it. It's like maybe six. I mean, I'll just assume that it's ten percent. It's ten percent, right? So anything I above think, that is uh, insane. So I like fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. That's how hot that I go. That which is like basically like over five times as spicy as um, Tabasco. But I mean, you like stuff that's like a hundred thousand, right? A hundred and fifty. Yes. Yeah, 50,000 is good, don't get me wrong, but I I, I start getting interested around 100, 150,000. Jesus Christ, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> next time we get together, man, we're going to have a spice off, which I'll lose. So sure, I want to try that Packy One Chip Challenge. Oh, oh, yeah. We've been talking about that. Okay, let's talk about that after the show. I'm sweating <laughs> just thinking about that. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, next story. I think it's mine. Yep. All right. Man arrested for attempted murder after stabbing mother on Kobe street. Oh my God. This guy is a motherfucker. This story took place in Kobe. A 38 year old man has been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after he allegedly stabbed his 68 year old mother in Kobe last week. Police said the man then tried to commit suicide by stabbing himself in the neck. Oh, that hurts. According to police, a passerby called 119, AKA 911 at around 9 PM. That's a lot of nines. September the 2nd and said a man and a woman were lying on the street in Quito Ward, Fuji TV reported. Police rushed to the scene and found the two Moemi Kawasaki and her son Shuhei Kawasaki on the street outside their home. Why is it in the street? Uh, they were lying about three meters apart. Okay. Police said Shuhei had been stabbed in the neck and his mother had several stab wounds in her back. She also had a cord tightly wound around her neck as if someone had tried to strangle her. That's Damn, probably what exactly that. happened. A blood what the fuck did she say to him? Huh? What the fuck did she say to him to make him hate, him, hate her so much? Clean your room. See, that's why you should <laughs> never, ever live with your kids when your kids are over 25 years old. That's it. 25 is the cutoff, right? Because, you know, if they're going to college and maybe college is expensive and maybe you're living in an expensive area or something like that, you know, maybe like 18, 19, 20, 21. That's it's not great, but it's acceptable. But, you know, what, how old is this guy? 30, 38 years old. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do not live with your fucking kids when they're 38 years old. Both were taken to the hospital where police spoke with them on Tuesday. Police said Moe May told oh, told them her son tried to kill her. Police are no shit. Police arrested Shohei late Tuesday. However, they said he has denied the charges. This is a yeah. pretty, this is a pretty good way to get your kid out of the house. 
<laughs> Shohei saying those were non-lethal stab wounds, asshole. If I wanted to kill her, I would have stabbed her in the neck. Oh my god, <laughs> he tried to stab himself in the neck. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, if you want your kid out of your house, just have him go to jail. <laughs> I know, oh, kidding. Man. All right. Last uh, I don't story. know about you, Johnny. When I when I was a kid. I wanted to get out of my parents' house. I dreamed of the day yeah. I would be fucking liberated, bro. I, I I was crossing my fingers wishing for 18 to show up. But eventually, I think at 16, I, I, I just ran away from home and started doing couch surfing. But uh, mm-hmm. what, about, what about you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I To be honest, right now I love Michigan. I respect Michigan. Michigan's great. But when I was a kid, I just wanted to leave Michigan. You know, um, I had a little bit of a taste of travel when I was younger. I had some opportunities to uh, get out of Michigan and visit California's and Florida's and other places and a little bit of a right And the thing is, it's just like after that, I was like, oh, my God, I got to get out of Michigan. Got to get out of Michigan. I got to get out of this place. Now I love Michigan. Going back to Michigan is like one of my favorite things to do when I go back to the States. But when I was a kid, when I was like, what? 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. I left at 17. I was just like so done with it. I'm like, get me out of here. And that's exactly what I did. I moved to San Francisco and I lived there for seven years before coming to Japan. And uh, yeah, San Francisco in the 90s was awesome. It was the best place ever. Oh my God. Now, mm, not so awesome from what I understand. But uh, back then, oh man, everybody's an artist, a poet, a writer, uh, an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) all of the above everybody's a musician a dj there's all sorts of like nightclubs and raves and stuff happening all the time and everything was super affordable there's soup kitchens where you could get cheap food chinatown you could go to use dim sum yum yum where you could get gyoza and all these other like chinese dishes and stuff for super cheap like fucking like less than a dollar dude you can get fed fed fatly it was dope as fuck but not anymore not anymore Hmm. Yeah, all that shit changed. My parents had the old standard rule that I'm sure everybody's heard. It's kind of cliche at this point, but like, my house, my rules. If you live under this house, you have to follow my rules. So I left. <laughs> that was basically it. Yeah. I'm writing that down, actually. So when I have kids, I'm like, okay, my house, my rules. <laughs> if you don't like it, get the fuck out. <laughs> all right, cool. All right, I'm going to put that on my wall. <laughs> it's got to go up in the refrigerator. That means it's gospel. Yeah. Oh, man. Last story, my brother. Okay. Woman, 50, arrested after mummifying the remains of her father found in residence. This is a big problem over here, man. This is a huge problem. Mm. So Shiga, Shiga Prefectural Police have arrested a 50-year-old woman after her father was found in their residence in Otosu City, reports the Nikkei uh, Sports uh, paper on August 12th. Uh, on August 11th, a staff member from the city office contacted Otsu Police Station after being unable to confirm the safety of the 83-year-old uh, Toral Teraoka. Later that day, officers arriving at the re- residence found the mummified remains on the second floor. Teraoka shared the residence with his daughter, Kazumi Teraoka. Uh, no other of, of no known occupations. So she's unemployed. She allegedly had left his body inside the residence after his death on June 8th. Police are now seeking the cause of death. And the reason that most people do this is a, they're fucking crazy and C and B, they want to keep collecting their pension. So the guy's 83. So he must be receiving like a monthly, a monthly pension from the government plus whatever company he used to work for, you know, 
so she can keep receiving that money that that isn't going to be paid out after he's dead. So that's probably what happened. What do you think, Johnny? I completely agree. That's usually what happens in this kind of a case. Um, pensions in Japan are fantastic. If you've been working in a company since you're like 23 years old, and uh, if you retired at the age of 65 or even later and stuff, your pension's really nice. I mean, it's it's like two paychecks yeah. for some people. And um, yeah, I, I guess some people that are just like, what? How old is how old are these people? They're fucking old enough to understand that this is a bad thing. But um, yeah, they basically just kept the body there, and the body mummified, dude. That is gross. Could you imagine that smell? <laughs> oh God, gross! Give me some hot yeah. sauce. I got to get that smell out of my mind. Ugh. Dude, but if, yeah. you've ever, if you've ever cracked a rotten egg, just imagine that times 10. That's imagine, That's got to be what that smells like, right? That's like a fart times 100. No, oh, that's a shower fart. That's a shower fart that doesn't go away. Oh, shower farts are the worst. Oh, my They God. are the worst. They are pretty bad, especially when you get older. <laughs> that's like a grandpa fart times $50,000. Oh, my God. That's insane. But I'll tell you what, man. This problem is just not going away because every so often we read a story like this and it's just like the same thing again and again and again and again. Um, but you know what the cool thing is? I'm really glad that the city actually does check up on people that are in their that are like in their 80s. They should probably do that to people that are in their 70s. I'm, I'm not sure if they do. I think it might depend on the prefecture. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that the city did that because I mean, that's like really important, especially for like older people that do live alone, you know. So, yeah, that's a good thing. Bravo to the city. Congratulations. You get our respect. That's awesome. Yeah. How many Scovilles does a grandpa fart? I would say at least 150,000. Yeah, you should love that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And just follow grandpa. Hey, do it again. (laughs) Let me me pull your finger. (laughs) Oh, man. Is it Grandpa Simpson fart? Oh, that's the worst. (laughs) Oh, you kids. Oh, man. Faders, thank you very much for fading with us on this very wonderful evening. Actually, for us, it's daytime. Probably for you, it's an evening because I know a lot of you guys don't live in Japan. But Thank you very much for listening to this very special episode of Got Fit in Japan. And next week, we've got something awesome. We've got a very special guest that's going to be on the show, and we're not going to say her name just yet. We're going to keep that a big surprise because the last time I did say somebody's name that was going to be on the show, uh, yeah, they canceled. They had to go on some kind of a business trip or something, and yeah, that was a bummer. So no jinxing it, no jinxing it, but she is awesome, and we are super stoked to have her on the show. It's going to be an awesome episode. Wow. Wow. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I'm really happy. Dude, we've been having some pretty amazing guests on the show recently, too. And uh, there's a lot of awesome guests that are in the works. Faders, stay tuned. And um, yeah, while you're staying tuned, what can they do to support the show, Jeremy? What they can do is they can share this show um, on the YouTube link, the TikTok links, the Instagram links, the Facebook links. Share them with a uh, with a friend and let your friends know where they can listen to the show. If you got a friend out there who's interested in Japan, likes anime, wants to hear a couple of alcoholic dickheads talk, then by all means, share the show with them. Yeah, you can help us by doing that. You don't have to spend a dime to help us. You can actually help us get more followers, which means that we can add advertising to the show on you know YouTube and TikTok and whatnot. If we hit that ten thousand mark, and all you have to do is share the link with your friends. What else, Johnny? 
Well, if you sign up for Patreon, you are automatically registered in our raffle. And we've got the Gunfit of Japan raffle. And this week we have spicy noodles. Look at this. This, I think this is like 10 million Scovilles. This package right here is big enough for one Johnny or two Jeremy's. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Joking. One Jeremy or two Johnny's. This is a very big pack of ramen. If you look at this right here, actually, I think this is soba. This is like spicy yakisoba. It's got fire in the background. It is amazing. I've had this before. This stuff is spicy and it's delicious. And it's got an amazing flavor that's only in Japan. So sign up for our Patreon. It supports the show. And then you get supported because you are on our raffle. And uh, yeah, that is going to be awesome. It's a great way to help out the show. Only cost you five bucks. On top of that, as Jeremy stated, we do have YouTube. We've got TikTok. We've got Twitter. Facebook, and my favorite, we've got Instagram. So go there and support the show. And let's say you don't have any money and you have no friends. Well, you know what? You can still do us a favor and buy, or actually do us a mad solid by going to iTunes and give us a five-star review and writing something groovy. That is really cool too. And it really does help us out. Um, Geez, man, I don't think there's anything else. I think that's it. <laughs> you know what? I actually read those reviews that people write on iTunes and it cracks me up. So keep those coming, folks. Those are fucking hilarious. I they love are. them. Thanks. They are. All right. Jeremy, thank you very much for fading with me. Faders, thank you very much for fading with me. Load in heaven and aliens all over the universe. Thank you for fading with all of us. And we will see you soon. Peace. Go fuck yourselves. My own brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! You sure I should do this, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Oh, man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.